Welcome to the Etheric Update. I'm Dr. Katherine Craig, Intuitive Guide and Transformation Teacher here in Learning, Teaching, and Growing with this community. My mission here on planet Earth is to help you connect to your divine self, your sacred soul, and your infinite spirit through grace, presence, and love. For those of you who are new to listening in, how this works is each month I work with my team of guides to reach forward, around, and through the time-space continuum to bring you some insights for the month ahead. As they are delivered to me, I then lovingly gestate these themes and deliver them to you here in a way that will enable you to enact and enliven these themes in your life. That is, if the material is resonating with you, remember you are always in choice. There is no one right answer. This information that we receive is just a way to engage with yourself, your soul, your spirit, your body in new ways that may just open you up and your life to new possibilities. So just listen in, feel what's being delivered, and then you can use your powerful mind and body to decide and discern what feels right and best for you. Today is our 11th episode of the Etheric Update for March 2023. And personally, I am, I'm always excited, but I'm very excited for the themes that are coming through for this month. And March is a pivotal month energetically for us. In a sense, it's tapering off the chaos energy that we experienced since March of 2020, closing a three-year cycle. But in that, it won't be letting you off the hook. So time continues to speed up and demand even more presence and even more embodiment from us and ourselves and as a collective. All through March, if you remember only one thing, More presence, more embodiment. More presence, more embodiment. So if that is all that you take away from today, I'm going to say it one more time, more presence and more embodiment. In February, if you listened in, we spoke about the sovereignty of being and really beginning to see and notice the dance and alchemy that dances between the divine polar aspects of source We often refer to them as the divine feminine and the divine masculine. A beautiful way that I've always visualized or imagined this dance of polarities is reflected, for those of you who are familiar, the Taiji symbol or the yin and the yang symbol as presented in Taoist philosophy. And the way we speak about that symbol is there is always yin within yang and yang within yin. And it's this dynamic pull. It's not a static symbol. It's actually... Um, when you visualize it, it's moving at an infinite pace and rate. And it's this dynamic pull that ultimately creates a polarity that moves within the law of nature. It, it's the motor essentially behind everything that we observe in the nature, the sun rising and the sun setting, the moon rising and the moon setting, the, the planets um, rotating around one another how a plant begins to grow and how a plant begins to die, how the ocean waves come in and how the ocean waves move out. And understanding this energy sets a beautiful stage 
to understanding this powerful transit that's happening in March. And a transit is not when one energy simply just stops and the other energy begins. It's a period of time where we taper off one energy and invite in a new aspect into our energetic field. So let's dive into this month's themes. We have just two powerful themes this month um, that emerge on the back of the work that we've been doing this past year. The first, it's one that seems um, seems obvious to me, but for many of you listening, and it might not be so obvious, recognizing the earth as a spiritual realm. We've done so much here, so much work as a community to recognize the divinity of our own physical incarnate, made flesh bodies and all that that means as we walk this earth. And we were gifted the form of flesh to move into resolution and ultimately divine love to merge with source God. We take in that we are one with spirit and with the acknowledgement that we need to recognize the physical plane of earth as our spiritual realm, our spiritual playground, our spiritual home. We didn't incarnate on Pluto or Uranus or Lyra or Vega. We incarnated here on earth to experience everything that must be resolved into love of man and thus love of God. There's a reason, if we look at the Bible, if that's in your belief system, that we were tasked with loving our neighbor as ourself to resolve the cords, to resolve the wounds, to resolve the projections, that frankly, all of these things are fleeting. You know, they feel so entrenched to so many of us sometimes. But if we let them flee, we let them go, we don't grasp onto them. We can toss all of these cords, attachments, wounds into a fiery abyss of resolution, excuse me. And it could be so easy. It could be so easy. So when we begin this discussion of the earth as a spiritual realm, I want to do this by looking at our energy field. We tend to bandy this term around in the realm of spirituality with the assumptions that we are all speaking the same language. We could do a number of masterclasses on this subject as there's a number of different perspectives and way to look at it. Um, and we're actually we're actually having a guest on later this month to talk about the angelic realm, which we won't talk about today. Um, but there's a number of different ways, just as there's a number of different ways to look at maps or visualize the world or chart um, chart terrain. Same thing with the spiritual realm. So what we're going to talk about today is it's kind of the Cliff Notes basics version, but it'll give you uh, an example, an idea of how our bodies because much of what we're talking about is reflected in our own microcosmic or physical embodied self, it mirrors out into um, the earth as a physical, but also spiritual realm. So back to the business at hand. If you are one with a curious explorer's mind, um, again, we can do deep explorations on studying this relationship of the physical and non-physical 
um, and also the liminal space through a number of different lenses, whether it be spiritual, philosophical, or scientific. And I'm trying to not take a hard left turn here and talk about, you know, physics and the relationship of the earth and the earth atmosphere and how it interacts with, you know, the space time continuum, because that's certainly not my area of expertise, but I could, I could really um, go off on a tangent here. So if you're interested in that, shoot me a DM because I love chatting about that. If you're into physics or science and, and all that that means, because the more I learn about science, the more it, for me, at least it, it comes right back to spirituality and spiritual presence. So this energy field can be looked at in a number of ways. And again, for the purpose of our discussion and as it relates to this earthly energy, we're going to keep it simple today. The energy field is our physical plane, our etheric plane, our collective plane, and our spiritual plane. And just to reiterate, this is reflected in our physical bodies as well as the Earth's physical reality. And there's a couple more layers in here if we're talking about our, um, you know, our physical incarnation and the planes that surround it. We also would add in the auric, the mental, the emotional, and those could be reflected back out into the, the Earth's as well. But We'll never get through our podcast today if we talk about all of those. So if you're interested in that, again, shoot me a DM and and maybe in another episode we can talk more about the auric, the mental, the emotional uh, bodies, planes. So if we apply this, these planes to the realm on which we live, this beautiful firmament that we somehow magically, mystically exist upon, The earth as a physical and spiritual realm houses us for the time that we inhabited it. And it's housed us in different ways and forms, um, our ancestry behind us and also for the generations in front of us. The physical plane are the parts of the earth that we encounter with our sensual bodies. And if you've been following along the past few weeks, myself and Kate Strakos, who's a dear friend of mine in Intimacy Doula, we've been talking a lot about sensuality, about Eros, um, erotic intelligence. And Eros was, uh, in mythology, actually one of what's called the protogenoi or rose from chaos. So it's this sensual embodiment, this erotic edge of our sensuality where we are connected through our sight, our hearing, our smell, our taste, and our touch. It can be connected to our sexuality, but not necessarily so. So when our physical incarnation meets the Earth's physical incarnation, this is where we can explore the nooks and the crannies and utilize the Earth's resources to sustain ourselves Historically, we fought over territory. How we treat ourselves as one person and as a collected is reflected back to the earth around us as a mirror to our karmas and our responsibilities to resolve. So look around you. See where you're struggling. See where the earth may be struggling. And this can feel like a big task. This was something that, that's always overwhelmed me as someone whose mission here on earth is to mostly work with people, not pets or not the earth, but many of you who are involved in environmental causes, this won't feel as overwhelming for you. It feels very obvious and it feels very real. 
the work that we have to do to not only protect our planet, but to honor our planet, to love our planet, to again really take it in as a spiritual home, a spiritual realm that must be cared for, that must be loved for, and that must be engendered in a certain amount of responsibility and stewardship for the future. Now we have that physical aspect of the earth, that physical plane. And when we move up just off the physicality of the earth, and again, if you're familiar with the energy body of our body bodies, a lot of this will be familiar to you. We encounter the etheric plane. And you know, we're listening to the etheric update and it's the, I often say it's the liminal space or the space between. So the etheric plane is the juncture where the cosmic or celestial and spiritual meets the physical. It is all the non-physical aspects that inform our physicality. It's how the warmth of the sun feeds the growth of plants, how the movement of the moon and stars affects the mood and movement of the terrain, how the inheritances of the prior generations, the skills, the gifts, the wounds, the scars, continue to impact the growth and transit of resources to this day. It is the space between that allows for new possibilities to arise. It is the liminal space in which we encounter the path ahead and roads traveled behind. Again, to me, if you if it was a few episodes ago, we talked about the weight of our cosmic inheritances. Same with the earth. You think of everyone who's walked this earth before you and everyone who will walk the earth after you. And the significance, the weight that that has on your life in the here and now. Your responsibility in the here and now. And I don't say responsibility to put pressure on yourself. That's the last thing that we want to do here, but for you to embody and engender a certain reverence, a certain sacredness for your life, to start to see how important you really are to this whole picture, to this whole story. And that leads us into understanding the collective plane. And the collective plane is where we encounter relationship. For us humans, this is where we work to reserve excuse me, resolve and absolve karmas, wounds, cords, attachments, projections, and move into our gifts in love. It is the same for the earthly realm. It is how we interact with the earth as our home, as well as how the earth's resources communicate with one another. How the trees meet the sun and each other. How the waterways move the earth. How the animals and plants create an incredible ecosystem. How Mother Nature destroys through fires, floods, quakes, and storms. The collective is where chaos ensues for the great reordering to be born. Lastly, we come to the spiritual realm or the spiritual plane of Earth. The totality of non-physicality, you could see in the etheric and collective, there's a 
a meeting of the physical with the non-physical. And the spiritual realm is the totality of non-physicality. We cannot see the spiritual, but we feel the spiritual. And think about, take a moment and think about the significance of that. We cannot see the spiritual, but we feel the spiritual. We feel the grace and love of God every day when we are open to receive it. When we stop questioning and allow it to pour through us. We encounter God not when we seek, but when we present ourselves in faith. This is the gift earth brings us. When we are born, we are stripped or ignorant of our faith and enveloped in the sins. I don't love that word. You know, it sticks with me like it's going to stick with so many of you, of our fathers and mothers. The earth is our home towards resolution through honoring the physicality of ourself through honoring the physicality of the earth, through honoring the liminal space, through honoring our neighbors, human and otherwise, and taking God into our hearts as we begin the process of understanding all that it is known. Now the healing. The healing comes through consciousness, where we continue to let the layers of the cosmic veil grow thinner, we see divinity in all aspects, the sacred and the profane. How do we recognize divinity and grace in that which we find disdainful, disgusting, or even evil? These are questions to ask yourself. I certainly don't have the answers. It's a practice for me as well. But begin to look at life as a curious exploration rather than one that is written in black and white. We've spoken a lot before about how we entered the age of Aquarius and how the timelines or destinies have become not only more malleable, but faster. We have more agency and more free will than ever before in human time. And with this comes incredible responsibility. Many of you who have worked with me as an intuitive know I'm not one to come in and tell fortunes or make predictions. We spend time looking at the map ahead and the history behind and chart a course, a path in which you have all the agency, all the responsibility, and all the free will. Some people don't like that. It's okay. When we seek, when we are perpetually looking for an answer or solution, or the self-righteousness to be right, correct, or upright, we inadvertently set ourselves down a path of never finding, never allowing peace to reign. In that seeking, in that self-righteousness, we feed a war energy through separation of self from neighbor. War energy has never brought us closer to God except through its inadvertence, through the recognition that it is through peace, through reconciliation, and through revelation that we can finally rest in peace and love of God. If this theme is resonant with you and you feel called to work for it this month, a mantra that may be helpful is I hold the earth in tender love as I hold myself. I hold the earth in tender love 
as I hold myself. Uh, this was a good one. And on to our second theme for the month. This was one, again, that started to really crop up for me a couple weeks ago. So really leaned into it. And that's cultivating a tender and boundaried vessel. Last month, we talked about the sovereignty of being and all that that means. And again, as we transit out of this chaos energy that's been very much alive the past three years, and we move into spring, in springtime, there's a lot of upward moving energy. It's essential that as we put this chaos energy to bed, that we create a vessel for ourselves, an embodied and present vessel for ourselves to process and to do our inner work within. So cultivating a tender and boundaried vessel. So tenderness. And again, this has been a theme emerging not only for myself, but for my clients as well. And some of you who follow me know I'm back, <laughs> let's share a personal story, I'm back in the dating pool for the first time in a number of years, and some of my clients are as well. And as my mom would say, I'm, I'm not a young woman, um, but I'm finding myself experiencing many wounded young reactions in this interesting, exciting, and difficult situations that I encounter. And I shared a post earlier this month about a somewhat inappropriate situation that happened before I had met somebody. And my first instinct in that moment as a people pleaser, um, a self-identified people pleaser, a wounded instinct. So we've got our, our on-point instincts. And, and this is where the inner work is really important to do and to do with um, someone you trust, when you're cultivating these reactions to yourself, because we never want to turn off um, an instinct or reaction, but we do want to become mindful of whether it's a, a fully embodied, healthy, present, mindful instinct, or whether we're operating from a wound or scar, scarred instinct. So my wounded instinct was to take care of this person who had already crossed a boundary. And so, so talking about this theme in relation to my own experience, because I think for much of this audience, it, it may be helpful. And as always, I'd love to hear your experiences. So again, feel free to DM me if this resonates with you. But I, I noticed for myself and for many of the men and women I worked with who are grappling with relationships is how do we navigate uh, the relationship with the respect and standard while maintaining tenderness and love for ourselves and possibly the other party. You know, the, the person who crossed the boundary, honestly, I think it was, it was a mistake, but nonetheless, it was a, a messy mistake and not something that I need to engage with. And there are a few aspects that we break down here when, when we notice a wounded instinct coming up for ourselves. And so one, again, is a wounded instinct. One is needing or wanting love not desiring love, not coming to love from a, a, a mindful place, but grasping at love. Brittleness, bitterness, cynicism, and then toxicity. So this wounded instinct, as I share, was a big one that came up for me. And, and this, again, takes the form of ple people pleasing in my case. You know, it could, it could constellate in many other different ways. 
Um, it can take the form of lashing out inappropriately, projecting wounds of the past onto a current partner. Wounded instinct requires a pause to process. So if your first reaction has some reactivity behind it or some emotionality behind it, generally, you've heard me speak about this before, a fight, flight, freeze, or spawn response when we talk about the sympathetic nervous system activation. If we notice that we're going into one of those fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, it's time to pause, regroup, and allow yourself and your nervous system to process. For me, I did the freeze fawn, and that was okay because it, it, it allowed me to take a pause. I told this person, I said, you know, I need a moment to regroup here. I will respond accordingly, but I just need a moment. And I took a moment, and I paused, and I talked to a dear friend, and we realized, again, some of my patterns and and what wasn't a healthy part of that engagement and, and how I'm going to navigate it moving forward while honoring myself and my standard and allowing the other person who's a full grown adult to take care of themselves. It was not my role in this moment to take care of that person. So that's how wounded instinct can, can come into play. When we see our nervous system activation, our, our sympathetic nervous system activation and allowing ourselves to pause and regroup if it's available. If our our wounded instinct is to go into fight or flight, we may need to circle back because you may not have been able to pause that reactivity. So that's okay too, you know, to be able to, when you do calm, to then pause, regroup, and circle back to that relationship or interaction if it's something that's appropriate to circle back to. So wounded instinct is, is a big way we can start working with this tender and boundary, boundaryed vessel and just start to see these pieces of us where our energy may be leaking out in ways that's not necessary and allowing ourselves to, to continue to resource ourselves and align our energy within this tendered and boundaryed vessel that is our bodied, our embodied self. A second way to look at this and do some work around this is this needing or wanting or grasping at love. And this is common pretty much to 100% of the people I've worked with and 100% of the people out in the world. We all need, want, desire, and grasp at love. Love of the spirit for spiritual seekers, love of the soul for us earthly wanderers, and love of physical intimacy and affection for all of us incarnated beings. Love is a needed resource that too many of us lack in immense ways. It leaves us grasping for assurance, for pleasure, for inappropriate intimacy sometimes. Most importantly, we lack self-love. Most important to note, we lack self-love. Our cup is empty and desperate to be filled. When we are so desperate, it can leave wounds open and gaping, and then we attract that energy. This is where the tenderness and boundaries come in. We tend to the wounds and we create boundaries around our intentions and goals. If we want a husband, a wife, a spouse, a partner, we have to raise our standard to encounter the person we would want to be in relationship with. If we want a better relationship with a parent, a loved one, a child, sometimes that means we need to not be a better child or parent, but to be a better parent or child to ourself, to allow that inner marriage, that inner integration to arise. 
and we offer gifts to the wounds and allow them to heal. If it's not coming from someone else, you must provide it to yourself. And again, for those of you out there who have been neglected or abused or struggling with self-resourcing, I hate to say it to you. I really do. Because what you crave most is for someone to offer that support and love for you. But do it anyway. Do it anyway. And I'm sending your love, sending my love to you in this moment. When we do not offer tenderness to our wounding, they can become gaping and gasping holes of energetic toxicity. And this can have two roads of impact, probably many more, but we'll talk about two today. When we talk about toxicity in the larger collective culture, you know, we have the toxic masculine and the toxic feminine. When we don't tenderly boundary these wounds, and we've seen it all in people around us, it can lead to brittleness, cynicism, general bitterness, and what many of us identify as toxic, toxicity. But this again is the work of loving our neighbors as ourselves and tending to these wounds, self-tending to wounds, tending to, to folks who are in your inner circle, who you're in appropriate relationship with. But when we have brittleness, cynicism, bitterness, this is when we have wholly lost love for ourself and for God. We have lost faith in our neighbors and the ability for ourselves to traverse life's difficulties with resilience and grace. Again, it leads to this collective name calling, <laughs> this collective bullying that I don't love of the toxic masculine and the toxic feminine. And recognizing we are all wounded individuals trying to find our way. This doesn't mean we put up with things that cross our boundaries, but this is why we cultivate, again, this tender and boundaried vessel to offer ourselves safety and security as we traverse these relationships out in the world. And these are important aspects in the collective to recognize. But when we throw them onto an actual person we may or may not know very well, we're not only doing them a disservice, but we're doing ourselves a disservice by opting out of an opportunity of deep healing, by victimizing ourselves and projecting pain onto another person rather than processing it again through our tender and boundaried vessel. It is reductive and depersonalizing to participate in this name calling and bullying. And what goes around comes around. We all know that. So speak your truth, speak it wholly and from your heart, and speak it with reverence to yourself in love. So talking about this tender and boundaried vessel, how do we go about creating it? It's not difficult, but it can require practice and presence, which are tools if you are listening in, if you are here right now, I know you are cultivating, you are cultivating day in and day out, and I applaud you for it. So first, we establish clarity of intention. And I'm, I'm guilty of this. This is something that I, especially in my dating life, um, 
one of my patterns is again, taking what comes at me and people pleasing. So this is something that I'm working very much around establishing clarity of intention. I've allowed others to dictate what flows into my sphere and that's no more. So questions to ask yourself, what is it that you want from this relationship or a future relationship, whether it be with yourself or another person, familial, romantic, neighborly? What are you willing or where are you willing to compromise or negotiate? That's the beautiful thing about a tender and boundaried vessel is it offers us some malleability and permeability. It's not the brittle or bitter or cynical vessel. There's room for compromise and negotiation, for building of relationship. And are you able to reach an agreement? In concurrence with all of this, we cultivate self-love unconditionally. Our self-love is not conditional upon success, upon tasks, completion, upon approvals. We love ourselves, we love God, and we allow God to love us no matter what. As your self-love grows, you will enliven the aspect of yourself that is capable of moving out of polarity, out of this perpetrator and victimhood uh, cycle of destruction. You will create an incredibly strong yet tender energy field, ripe with not only forgiveness, but with grace, opportunity, and embodied presence. So take a breath and take it in. And you can use the mantra, I am whole, I am loving, I am known. I am whole, I am loving, I am known. And that's all. That's all, folks. That's what we've got for the month of March. I do want to share, we have a couple of programs coming up. So if you're interested in working together, uh, the first one coming up is March 7th, and that is a free workshop, an introduction to inner work where shadow meets sovereignty. So if you're interested in inner work, shadow work, light work, embodiment, presence, starting to build all of this chi and prana and cultivation of self for yourself, this would be an incredible opportunity and we'd love for you to join You can go to theetheric.com and it's right there on the first page. It's again, you just have to register and then you'll get all of the information flowing to your email inbox. We also have an incredible special offering beginning March 14th, the alchemy of womanhood. And this is for the woman who is at a life's transition, at a life's crossroads, a woman who wants to deeply explore herself and all that it means to be a woman. And again, head over to theetheric.com to register or shoot me a DM if you follow me on Instagram, Catherine underscore etheric. Uh, And don't wait on the alchemy of womanhood spots are limited and they are filling up. Uh, I also have a couple of spots opening up for sacred soul sessions, one beginning March 15th, one beginning April 1st. And this is the deepest dive that I do with folks. It's a three month intimate experience where we look at your soul pattern, where we look at all of the wounds Uh, chords, attachments, projections that may be holding you back from living your best and highest life. So with that, a big thanks for listening today. And as you begin to follow along to the etheric updates, 
we will continue to build and grow this energy with each other as a community. We grow our power and our knowing, and within that it is only amplified. This is the beauty of healing work, is that it ripples out in the most incredible ways that are unimaginable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, or question for this podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, or Google, and you can stay up to date on workshops, events, programs, and the best platform for that is, again, you can always check the website, theetheric.com, or my Instagram is Catherine underscore etheric. If our discussion resonated with you today, don't forget to share it with a friend. There is so much more to come. Thank you and see you next episode. May you go in grace, presence, and love, not only today, but in the month ahead and the years ahead and generations ahead. Much love.